So we're, we're going to look at, at uh, this, this story about Martha and about Mary this morning out of Luke 10. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Let me, um, let me pray, uh, or let me read this text, and then we'll pray, and we'll, and we'll get started, okay? Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Father, we ask that you would open our minds and hearts this morning to your word. God, please speak to us. Please uh, speak your truth into us. And God, I, I pray that you would give us hearts that, that long to linger before you, that you would give us hearts that long to, to submit ourselves to the authority of your word, that you give us hearts that long to obey and to respond in obedience quickly, God, to whatever you're, you're calling us to do. God, help us to serve in the strength that the Spirit supplies. God, help us to serve with joy and gladness. God, help us to serve having sat at your feet and, and having, having received your truth and having been filled with your power. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the, the story goes like this. Jesus is traveling village to village with his disciples, and uh, he pulls off and stops at a house, a house where, where he has friends, and his friends are Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. They're two sisters and a brother, uh, close friends of Jesus. The, these, these three people will be incredibly influential in the ministry of Jesus throughout the Gospels. So they, they occur in John 11, they occur in John 12. Uh, there, there's some really significant things that happen, uh, namely the resurrection of Lazarus after four days in the grave, uh, and Mary anointing Jesus' feet with the, the perfume. There, there's some significant things that are going to come into play with these three. And so Jesus is very familiar with them. And so he pulls aside, stops at their house, and, and the text says that Martha welcomes him into her house, okay? So Martha welcomes him into her house. This is basically biblical hospitality, by the way. Martha is an incredible example of this, of, of somebody who actually obeys the Bible and, and readily opens up her life and her home uh, to other people. We're commanded to do that. We, we are commanded to be hospitable people. We're commanded to show love to one another, serve one another, generously open up your life. It's a, it's a hard thing. Generously open up your life, like welcome people into your life, into your home to, to use your stuff. Uh, we, we are to do that. First Peter 3, 9 says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Martha kills this. She is so good at this, okay? Uh, she, she just opens up her life. She loves to be with people. She loves to serve people. She is incredibly hospitable. We don't know how many people are at her house for dinner tonight. 
Um, you know, like, I, I guess you could just say it was just Jesus, but Jesus never went anywhere without his disciples. So that brings the number to 13. Uh, we know that there was a group of women that constantly traveled with Jesus. So that probably brings the number up to 20 or 25. Um, just recently, prior to this passage, Jesus sent out the 72, uh, kind of the larger group that was with him, and they've already come back. It could be include those. So we're up to, what are we, about 80, 90, could be as many as 100 people. How many of you have ever had? a hundred people knock on your door and say, hey, we're here for supper and we're going to spend the night. You know, have you had that? Cindy Giacomo has had that happen, okay? Uh, that is awesome, uh, Cindy. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's big, is it not? I mean, this is sacrificial hospitality. This is risky, okay? What, what we find out later is that Jesus is already being gunned for by the religious leaders. He's already in trouble. In fact, there's a plot later on in John 11 and 12 to kill Lazarus as well because of his connection to Mary, Martha, Lazarus, because of Lazarus' resurrection. So these guys are actually putting themselves at risk in and opening up their home to Jesus like this, and, and, and Jesus loves them, okay? When we open up our, uh, the scripture to John 11, John 11 verse 5 has this beautiful verse, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Je- Jesus loves this gal, okay? I, I love these gals. I, lo- I love Martha's. I love the, the, the guys and the gals that resemble Martha because they are people who get things done. Don't you love those people? Uh, I, I love people that actually like get things done. They take care of business. Man, people get fed because of them. People are welcome. People feel welcome because of them. People get help. They get taken care of. They, they get their practical needs met. Man, Martha is a great example of serving. You know, how would you like to be known in the scriptures that, man, this is somebody who serves. This is somebody who, who, who is always in a, a part of much serving. Okay. Now, Martha has a sister named Mary, and again, Jesus loves Mary. John, John 11 just told us that. Um, he would return several times. Mary is a co-hostess with Martha. Okay, now what does that mean? Well, it means simply like this. When Emma invites people over to her house for supper, I'm a part of that, okay? Whether it was my plan, my idea, or I even knew about it, actually usually goes the other way, and I bring people, and she doesn't know about it. But anyway, either way, like, we're both in the deal, right? Like, you can't really, hopefully you don't, like, just like, hey, hon, I saw you got company. I'll be up in my room. See you later tonight. I mean, hopefully you don't do that. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I mean, the, she's a part of it, right? It's her home. They live there together. And, and, and so Mary is in this deal with Martha and with Lazarus, and, and yet Mary is doing something incredibly different, okay? If you notice in verse 39 of, of Luke chapter 10, it says, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, what you need to understand is to sit at Jesus' feet said something, okay? It wasn't just like that happened to be where she, the spot she got, you know? She didn't get the couch. She didn't get the, you know, the, the, uh, the love seat or the, or the lazy boy. She, she had to sit on the, no, no, no. To sit at somebody's feet said something. It meant you took the posture of a disciple, okay? So, so Mary is basically taking the posture of a disciple here, which, by the way, incredibly countercultural in first century Judaism, right? Here you've got a lady that is actually taking the posture of a disciple. In other words, she's putting herself in the role of theologian. Really, can I just say that? Like Mary's a theologian. Like Mary is like, hey, I know there's lots to get done here, but I, I want a front row seat at the feet of Jesus, meaning I'm submitting to his authority, and I am 
am listening to his teaching. I am learning. I, Mary's a theologian, man. She, she is learning the truths and the doctrines of Scripture from the word of life himself, okay? So, wow, that's great, okay? But there's a problem, okay? Martha's servant, Mary's, Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, looks actually really great, but there is a problem, and the problem is that Martha is not happy in her serving Jesus. Now, this is a problem, okay? A um, lot, lot of you are incredible servants. You serve in the nursery. You serve in children's ministry. You serve in Team Kid. You serve the homeless. You serve um, our adoption community, our, our foster care community. That, that's incredibly awesome, okay? But let, let me tell you this. According to the Bible, it is really important that you be happy in your serving, okay? Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Man, there's this, there's a scary verse in Deuteronomy where God rebukes the Israelites, and, and he says this to them. He says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst, nakedness and lacking everything, and, and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until you're destroyed. But, I mean, man, wow, basically, uh, God tells the Israelites, because you couldn't be happy serving me, I'll let you serve your enemies for a while. See how you like that. See if that's any better for you, right? I mean, in other words, it is a big deal that we, we are happy, we are joyful in serving Jesus. Because, according to Deuteronomy, because of the abundance of all things. In other words, if you understand what it means to be a believer, if you understand what it means that you were headed to hell, the judgment of God was on your life, and God, by his grace and mercy, plucked you out of that. He saved you. He joined you to his son, Jesus Christ, who's going to be heir of all things. He gave you resurrection life. He he reconciled you with God. He gave you his righteousness. He put your feet on, on the rock of Christ. And you have this eternal hope stretching out in front of you forever and ever. And, and, and we can't serve him with gladness. Like, 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 like it's a big deal that we would be happy in our serving God. But Martha's not happy. And the main reason she's not happy is she's overwhelmed. Okay? Anybody get that? She, she is overwhelmed. She is distracted. Verse 40 says she is distracted with much serving. Okay? Now, what does that basically say? That, that basically says she has a lot on her plate. All right? She's got a lot on her plate. If the disciples are there and the women that travel with Jesus were there, she's got this full house. Um, man, there's lots of stuff that has to be done. Food's got to be prepared. Room's got to be ready. Sheets got to be changed. Bathroom's got to be clean. Towels for showers. I mean, this, this gal is incredibly busy, okay? And, and, and incredibly busy with not the right posture of heart equals irritated, okay? Uh, that equals irritated. And who's she irritated at? She's, she's irritated at Mary, who is in her mind doing nothing, okay? In other words, there's all this stuff that has to be done. There's all this stuff that needs to be done. And by the way, it is all good stuff, and it's all indeed stuff that's got to be done, all right? And, and, and so that's all right, but, but, but what Martha is feeling is, look, I, this, I'm, I, this is more than I can do. I'm completely overwhelmed. I've got too much on my plate. And the person that ought to be helping me, that, that's always what we do. Here's how you know you're in a bad spot in your serving is when you look around and you look at the people that aren't doing what you're doing. And, and, and it, makes you, it makes you irritated. It makes you angry. Okay? And so in Martha's mind, there, there are things that have to be done. 
and, and, and that to be done at a certain level, and it's more than she can do, and she's tapped out, and Mary's not helping, and, and, and so Martha is frustrated. She's irritated about that to the point that she goes to Jesus. I, I, I don't know what kind of person Martha was as far as her personality. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if this had been me, I would have dropped some subtle hints first, you know? I, I, I would have been like, man, Martha or Mary, you know, the, the chicken is really, you know, needing to be fried, and uh, wow, Mary, hey, Mary, did you, did you, do we have any flour for the biscuits, you know, and, you know, try, just suddenly trying, I don't know if she did that, and Mary's just like, not, not leaving Jesus, or if she just went straight to, what are you doing, you know, but she goes to Jesus, actually, she goes to Jesus, and, and, and she basically, you know, asks Jesus, hey, would you rebuke my sister, my sister's not serving. Okay, now, now don't, don't, don't make this worse than it is. This is not just like she's throwing a fit or whatever. Like, I, I think in her mind, we are to serve the Lord. Like, hey, do we not know that? Like, it's here in the scriptures. Like, if you're a believer bought by Jesus Christ, you are supposed to be serving. And there is service to be done. The Messiah is here. I mean, I think this is Martha's heart. The Messiah is here. And, 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 and man, we're pushing this kingdom forward. There's things that need to be done. And Mary, you're not doing them. Hey, Jesus, would you command Mary to get on board here with this, this train that's got to be going forward? Verse 40, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But instead, see, Martha wants Mary to get the rebuke, but actually Martha gets the rebuke. Um, now, now, remember a couple things here, first of all. God, God rebukes who he loves. Um, you know, when you look through the scriptures, Moses, Peter, David, they all got corrected by God, not because they were unloved, but because they were loved. Um, I, I, I don't know if, if you and your spirit feel scolded today, um, you should take that incredibly serious that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Um, but you should also, there should also be a little bit of confidence and rejoicing that you are a son or a daughter. Um, because Hebrews tells us that, that God disciplines those that he loves, and he does it for our good. Hebrews 12.10 says, For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he, God, disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. Okay? And so th this, is, this is not like Jesus frustrated with Martha and just wishing that everybody could be more like Mary. And so, you know, scold. that's not that. This is, this is Jesus loves her. How do I know he loves her? Uh, well, the scripture says very clear in John 11, it mentions her by name. It doesn't mention Mary. He calls her the sister, but it mentions by name that he loves Martha. Okay, but, but the, other, the other thing that we see that I think is really beautiful is he, he says her name twice, okay? Um, in verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Okay, now, that, that, that may not mean very much to us. In our minds, it's like I got I to gotta say Asher several times before he listens to me because he doesn't answer right away. It, it's not that. Okay, in the Bible, whenever you see Jesus particularly, God particularly saying a name twice, it, it, it is an intensified affection, okay? Um, you, you see it a bunch, actually, where, where God will say somebody's name twice, and, and it's, it's, it's almost like he's grabbing your, 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 your head, you know, with his hands, and, and he's saying, you know, Jason, Jason, you know, it, it, in other words, it's a term of affection, okay? And, and so, so, man, Jesus loves Martha, and, and because of that, he, he rebukes her. He, he speaks truth into her. And, and basically, we see about three or four things here that I think are really important in her rebuke. Okay, number one. All right, so here's number one. Don't serve out of anxiety, fear, 
pride, or guilt. Those are terrible motives for serving Jesus. Okay, so hopefully we've done a good job about just exalting the ministry of serving today. Like hopefully that we, okay, we get that. All right, Jesus wants us to serve. We're commanded to serve that. that that's a good thing. But your motive is incredibly important in that. And, and a motive, motive of anxiety, fear, guilt, pride, any of those things are terrible motives for serving Jesus. Verse 41, let's read it again. He says in verse 41, but the Lord answered to Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. Okay, what's going on in, in Martha's heart? Like what is filling her heart? And the answer to what's filling her heart is anxiety and trouble, okay? And, and, and so, so here, here's, here's what's wrong with, with Martha is what ought to be filling your heart is joy. What ought to be filling your heart is just anticipation of what Jesus is going to do, uh, anticipation of the kingdom. You know, all, all of that ought to be filling your heart. But instead, what's filling your heart is anxiety and trouble, okay? She is bound up in knots, and she's being pulled in a bunch of different directions. It, it's interesting that that word distracted there, we'll come back to this later on at the end, but that word distracted by much serving, it means to be pulled. Okay, so that, that, that's, what, that's what happens when you're distracted or you're anxious, you're pulled, okay? Internally, she is being pulled, okay? Now, what, what's she being pulled about? What, what, what's happening inside of her? Again, I don't know, and, 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 but, but can I tell you what I think it is, and can I tell you what it most often is in probably you and I, okay? What it most often is in us is probably pride, fear, or guilt, okay? Um, a lot of times, we, we are serving because what will people think if we don't, Right? Or what's everybody going to think about how the meal, how the house, how the hospitality reflected upon our family, about whether things would get done, about whether they'd be done well, about whether <clears throat> Jesus would be taken care of while he, while he was in the house. You see, Ma Ma Martha, again, is the gal that you want on your staff, okay? Because um, she's a gal who's going to aim for the five-star review, okay? So, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's a great trait, okay? But, but there's with that, there's this temptation uh, to serve because we want things to look well. We want it to be done right. We want it to be perfect. We want, we want everybody to feel welcome. We want all, all those things are great, okay? They're, they're great, except they, they really make a lousy motive for your, they make a lousy engine for your serving. And, and the other side of the coin, which is even kind of a worse way to say it is, man, I, I don't want people to look badly upon us because the house wasn't get picked up, because the the food wasn't prepared on time because there wasn't enough food because uh, I don't want them to think I'm lazy. I don't want them to think I'm uncaring. I, I don't want them to think I'm a bad pastor, or a bad Sunday school teacher, or a bad small group leader. Like, uh, again, see, where, where's the motive from that? All of a sudden, it's off of Jesus, and it's where? It's on us, okay? And, and so why, why is she anxious? Why is she troubled? I, I hate to, to guess at Martha's motive, but I think many times it's because we are not ministering. We're not serving out of the grace of God, that out of sitting at Jesus' feet, we're serving out of this feeling of, I need to do this because of what will people think if it's not done in this way. Okay, now, what really complicates that is that ministry is a sea of overwhelming need, all right? There is no, there is no end to broken people. And, and it's super easy to feel that you really don't have enough time, enough energy, enough in the tank for what needs to be done. And, and, and there's too many people you look around that aren't doing what needs to be done. I mean, that, that, is, that is a common assessment, and, and it will never stop, okay? I, I, you'll never be in a church where, where you look out and you're like, man, everybody's doing exactly what they ought to be doing, okay? That, that's, that's just never going to happen. You're never going to find that church. 
Okay, we're always going to look out in the world and we're going to see broken people. We're going to see hurting people. We're going to see um, people that need cared for. And we're going to look around. And we're going to, how come those people aren't doing more there? I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my tank. I'm, I'm, I'm empty. How come they're not doing more? Folks, that's an exhausting way to live. Okay? So, so any of those motives, pride, fear, guilt, uh, all, all those things make terrible engines for serving Jesus. Okay? Now, what, how should we serve Jesus, okay? Number two, here, here's the second point. Here's the right way, okay? Instead, we ought to serve out of what you receive at Jesus' feet. I actually think Mary is giving us the model for how to serve, okay? Now, it looks like that Martha is because she's the one welcoming Jesus. She's the one, you know, busting her tail to get all this done to make everything perfect, okay? Which, which again, is that's not bad. She's actually obeying. I love her gumption. I love her grit. I love Martha, okay? But I think Mary is actually, I think what Jesus ends up telling us here is that Mary's showing you the way to do this for the long haul. Okay, and, and that's that you've got to sit at Jesus' feet. Okay, so we do need more Marthas. We need lots of high-performing guys and gals with big engines who are taking care of the sick and who are taking in the orphan and who are feeding the hungry and who are counseling the broken and who are welcoming people in Jesus' name. But we need those Marthas to be sitting at Jesus' feet. That's where the fuel comes. This great um, metaphor that Jesus uses in John 15 where he talks about us being connected to him. Okay, So he used the illustration of a vine. All right, and, and, and like he's the vine and we're the branches, okay? And the branches that are not connected to the vine, if you take a branch off the vine, it, it's going to die. <laughs> like, like it's got no life in it. It's not going to bear fruit. You're not going to get any grapes on that thing, okay? It's got to be connected to, vitally connected to the vine so that it is receiving the energy and the life of the vine. And, and, and so Jesus says in, in John 15, verse 5, he says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, okay, separate from me, you can do nothing. All right? So, so we, we know that Jesus' teaching, okay, so what, what, what's he doing here in, in Luke 10? He's, he's teaching. And where's Mary? Man, she's at his feet, okay, submitting herself to the word of Jesus, listening to the word of Jesus. Okay, we know that the word of God actually equips us for service. Let me read you a couple verses that are stellar about that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. I, I love the old in, uh, New American Standard Version. It says competent. Okay, And, and I really like that because I don't know about you guys, I, I like to feel competent in, in what, I, what I'm doing, right? Like um, whenever, whenever my car breaks down, I, I hate that feeling of incompetency. Like I can't fix this thing, you know? And it really frustrates me, okay? So the Bible is saying that Scripture, okay, that's breathed out by God, so the Word of God here, it, it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent or complete, and then it says this, equipped for every good work, all right? So what equips you for handling the brokenness of the world? What equips you for handling the, the, the needs around you? It, it is the word of God. There's this great verse in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 
um, 13, verse, I'm going to read 20 and 21, but 21 is where, where, where we get to the meat of it. Now may the God of peace who brought you, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may be, that you may do his will working in us, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, whom be glory forever and ever. So, so Jesus is the one who equips you, Okay. Now, now, where is Mary in this whole equation? Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, okay? She, she is, again, placing herself under the authority of the Word of God, all right? And, and by the way, if, if you're not familiar with the Bible, this, this thing only will impact your life unless you put yourself under its authority, okay? If, if you read it like you read the newspaper, if you read it like I read the newspaper, you know? Anyway, I read the newspaper kind of like this. Nah, I don't believe that, you know? Okay, that might be true, okay, but no, I don't believe that, you know? I mean, if, the way I, that's the way I watch the news. Like, I'm skeptical. Like, I'm doubtful. I'm, I'm looking at the things, and I'm just not sure about that. Okay, if that's the way you look at the Bible, man, you, you, are, you are not surrendering yourself to the King of Kings, all right? This is the Word of God, and so we submit ourselves under the authority of Jesus' Word. That's what it means to sit at His feet, okay? And Mary is essentially saying, Jesus, I submit myself to your authority. And then, then the second thing she's doing, okay, here, here's the hard one. She's giving time. She's giving time. Okay, now, what do we always say? It's a phrase that literally means nothing. I don't have time. Okay, um, it, it just doesn't mean anything because nobody ever has more time than anybody else. We all have the same, okay? Nobody gets 26 hours and you got stuck with 22 in a day. Okay? No, that, that, it's a silly phrase, really. We, we've just chosen to put certain things into the 24 hours, okay? Now, it is absolutely true that some people have chosen different things to put in there. Yes, true, okay? But, but here's the deal with Mary, Man, she's just chosen to give time to the words of Jesus. Okay, she is lingering. By the way, at, at great cost to herself, okay? She looks bad. Her own sister is hacked off at her, you know? Enough to go, go interrupt the teaching of the Messiah and say, Jesus, my sister is lazy. What? Can you, can you change your sermon to Proverbs and preach to her so she'll get off her, her tail and get in the kitchen and help do the things that need to be done? Man, Mary's just holding strong there. She's lingering. Man, this is the battle right here. It's the battle in your life. Sitting at the feet of Jesus must be the priority. Okay, any other model of service is going to end up with you being irritated at yourself, at your family, at your kids who cannot pick up their shoes, you know, at your husband, at your wife, at people that aren't carrying the weight, they're not carrying the load. Okay, that, that's, that's where every other motive ends up. But if we'll sit at the feet of Jesus, and if we'll give that time, and if we'll linger there, and submit ourselves to his authority, you know what I think happens? I think we actually do the service that 
really needs to be done. Okay, turn, in, turn to John 12. All right, so, so this is another Mary Martha story, okay? John 12. Um, this is right after Lazarus is raised from the dead, okay? Jesus is getting ready to make his entry into Jerusalem, okay, the week prior to his crucifixion, okay? And it says, six days, this is John 12, 1, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii? That's a lot of money. That's like a year's wages and given to the poor. Man, it, poor Mary, she can't do anything without being criticized. <laughs> you know, everybody's shaking their head. Mary, come on, you know? Man, the, the difference we could have made at the shelter with this money? I mean, come on. Verse 6. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and this is Judas, having, having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Verse 7. But Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with me, but you do not always have me. I, you know what that looks like to me? Mary's the only one that got it. So remember, remember that if you know your Gospels, right? R right up to his crucifixion, the disciples, what are they arguing about? Who's the greatest, right? Like, Who's going to have the better seats in the cabinet when Jesus overthrows Rome and they take, I mean, they're, they're, they're still not there. The night prior to his crucifixion, they're sleeping in the garden after Jesus told them three times, watch and pray because it's coming. And, and, and they still missed it. Mary, week before this deal, is doing this act that nobody gets. She's actually anointing Jesus' body for burial. To buy the Messiah. All right now, how did she step in to the one thing that had to be done? She's at, she's at Jesus' feet. So I, I, I don't, in other words, I do not think this is a passage like contrasting serving people and people that just sit around and read their Bibles and pray and don't do, ever do anything, and you ought to be like this and not like that. that no, no, I, you can't get that from the Bible. I, I, think, I think what this is showing you is, this is showing you how you're able to serve with joy and how you're able to actually step into the most important acts of service to impact the lives of people and how you don't miss them. You don't miss them by being at the feet of Jesus. Number three, number three, um, be mindful of the one thing versus the many things, okay? Um, in my Bible, I've, I've got this, actually, I, I outline it on my tablet, and I've got, I've got all this draw, drawn out. It's so beautiful. But look at the end of verse 41 and the beginning of verse 42, okay? So this is where Jesus is, is uh, speaking to Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, comma, but one thing is necessary, all right? 
contrast those two things, okay? You've got, you've got the one thing and you've got the many things, okay? I mean, I, I, can't, ever, I can't ever read that one thing without, what was that movie, City Slickers, with uh, like the comedian and Jack Blance, and he got, gets to the end of the deal, they're on the cattle drive, and, and he's like, what's the meaning of life? And the cowboy guy, that, is that Jack Blance, that who that was? Anyway, he's like, one thing, you know, one thing. And, but he, if I remember, I didn't tell him what it is. He's just like, you got to figure out what your one thing is, right? Okay, I think they had no idea that they were actually right about that. Um, but the one thing is Jesus. You know, I mean, that, that, that's what Jesus said. There's, there's one thing, you know. Paul said in Philippians 3.10, there's, there's one thing that I'm after, that I may know him, that I may know Jesus. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Remember what Jesus said to the rich young ruler in, in Luke 18, 22? He told the guys, like, one thing you lack, man, sell what you have, give it to the poor, follow me. You come and follow me. That's the one thing you lack is you come and follow me, you trust me. Psalm 27, 4, beautiful psalm. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after them. I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. And the Bible's saying it over and over again. There's one thing. Jesus is the one thing that will satisfy your soul. Jesus is the one thing that will make you righteous. You cannot make up for a lifetime of sin by doing some good deeds, by, by marthering it, you know? Just blowing your, your engine out, doing some good works. You, you can't do it. It is only through Jesus' death, paying the penalty for your sins, and then his resurrection, and you being joined to that by faith. That, that's the only way. There's only one way. Jesus is the one thing that will bring you forgiveness, complete forgiveness of your sins, reconciliation with God. Jesus is the one thing that ultimately matters, that will not fade away, that for in eternity will infinitely matter. He is the one thing that will not let you down, the one thing that will not disappoint ultimately. Jesus is the one thing that will determine the eternal suffering and horror or the eternal life and joy of every soul on the planet. He's the one thing that will matter to you one second after death and every second for the next billion years. He is the one thing. But competing with the one thing, millions of things, right? Millions of things. Many, what, what did Jesus say? Many things, okay? I think it was the month of May when Jesus preached this, okay? Uh, I don't know that, but uh, I hate May. I have hated May since uh, we had three children. When we had two kids and they were both little, it was a beautiful month that I loved, Okay? Once we hit three and the kids started getting older, and man, what, man, when you hit the six mark, I mean, May is just detestable, okay? Do you, do you have any idea how many awards assemblies I'll have to go to in the month of May, you know? Uh, have you guys been to an awards assembly for kids? I mean, it is torture, okay? I mean, awards assemblies, field days, field trips. Why schedule teachers? Why in May do we go on field trips, Okay. We don't have time, you know, graduations, and then you add that onto everything else, the end of school stuff, all of it, man, you know what all that is? That's many things, right? It's birthday parties, quinceañeras. I went to my first one yesterday, first quinceañera. I left after four hours, but it's still trucking, man. 
That is a party. Yard work. Work work. Early morning meetings. Friendship responsibilities. Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, shopping, cleaning house, babysitting, hunting, fishing, homeless, helpless, broken, depressed, discouraged, conflicts. Many things. Right? Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Go back up to 40. Martha was distracted. What would we say that word means? It means to be pulled away. She's pulled away with much serving. All right, you're there. Many things, one thing. The many things are pulling hard. Okay, the one thing, though, you're going to have to choose it. Look, look, at, look at 40, 42. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. In other words, there's going to have to be an act of your will. Believe, I'm talking to believers. Okay? There's going to have to be an act of your will to choose the one over the many. Like you, I think what we think is, I'm going to get the many done, and then I'll have time for the one. Okay, you tell me when you do that, okay? Just please call. I don't care what time of day or night it is. You call me when you get the mini done, all right? I've got a feeling it will be when you're, you're in a box right here, okay? And, and we're, having, we're remembering you. I've got a feeling that's when you'll have the mini done. Okay, it, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to choose the one. And, and, and you're going to have to... The only way you're going to do that is by valuing it. Isn't valuing a funny thing? Uh, you know, have you ever thought about how, how do we value things? You know, I mean, like what, what value do you put on, uh, let me open it up here. What value do you put on all this stuff scrolling by here? What value do you put on that? What's that worth? Some of you shaking your head, but I think it's worth a lot to a lot of people. What's it worth? In value, a funny kind of movable target. We were uh, we were cleaning out a transitional housing yard that we oversee this week, and it was time to get that dude done. And so we were uh, we were gathering up trash out of it, and uh, we hauled away a couple pickup loads of of trash out of there before we mowed and weed eat it and. Um, while we're in the middle of it, um, there was a, a, a plastic chair, like you'd get at Dollar Tree, Walmart, wherever, you know, just a molded plastic. Both front legs were broken off of it, okay? There is literally no way on the earth to fix this thing, right? I mean, like, like it's not like it had hinges or screw. I mean, it, it's a solid molded, you know, plastic chair with both front legs broke off, all right? And so we put it over in our trash pile, and, and sure enough, um, one of the folks that we were helping, and they, they struggle, uh, have some struggles, came over, you know, Jason, Pastor, where's my chair? We're like, well, you know, we have these chairs here. We've got three chairs that we've set right here, you know. No, the other one, you know. And so we went out and she got that chair and brought it back. And I was just thinking, I was just watching that. I thought, you know, it's funny what people value, isn't it? Like, to me, I don't know, a chair that you'll never be able to sit in the rest of your life is not valuable. But to her, it was very valuable. How often does Jesus look at us just that way, right? Like, we're, man, we're, we're neglecting the one thing for stuff 
that just probably won't ever matter. You know, Mary, Mary had to, she had to go against the flow here. She got, talk about pressure. Like she's in a pressure cooker situation, okay? Like 20, 50, we don't know, 100 people at your house, you know, need to be fed, need to be, they're going to spend the night. Things got to be decided and done. People are scrambling. And she, she goes against all of that and, and sits at the feet of Jesus, submits to his authority, lingers there, listens, believes, and acts, and ends up doing one of the greatest acts of service that the Bible records. Guys, we should want the kind of desire for Jesus that causes us to say no to urgent matters. That's, that's exactly what she did. She said no to urgent things in order to, to choose eternal things. I love what Jesus says about her in verse 42. He says, uh, which will not be taken away from her. And if we had time, we don't. But if we had time, it'd be really cool to just look at like how 1 Corinthians 3 talks about how one day our life will be We'll go, we'll go through the, the believer's judgment if you're a believer here today. If you're not a believer, you, you, you go through the unbeliever's judgment, um, which is much, much worse. But the believer's judgment, basically your life is kind of run through the refining fire of the Lord, and, and that, that which really mattered lasts forever, and, and he is eternally cherished and rewarded and savored, and the stuff that doesn't just burns up, you know? And it's almost like Jesus is saying, hey, this will never be taken from her. Like, this will be rewarded forever. Very practically, what does it mean for us to sit at the feet of Jesus? What's that look like? Well, it means for you to actually place yourself under the authority of his word, for you to listen to the words of Jesus, for you to stay there despite all the stuff that's pulling you away. Man, I'm telling you, when, when I became a Christian, um, I, I did not have some of the struggles that I have today, the things pulling at me, okay? Man, I, have you noticed, like, there's just a new phenomenon that's really happened in the last 15 years, 20 years, and that's, like, when I sit down to read my Bible, um, my, my phone is dinging. My watch, actually, is dinging, you know? And, and there's, this, there's this constant battle to pull me away from that, um, to pull you away from that. And, and the only way around that is to choose the best thing. Choose the best thing. One thing, he said, one thing. Choose it. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for um, Mary and her example. I thank you for Martha and her, her gritty service to you. And God, I thank you for Mary just showing us how to how to choose the best thing, and how to seek the best thing. Jesus, you are the best thing. You are the one thing. You're the essential thing. So, Father, I pray that this week, God, that you would enable us to sit at your feet and to soak your truth up, to, to know who you are and what you've done and how you've loved us and, and what it looks like to obey you and to follow you and to really live. God, we want to live. So, Lord, show us that. And God, give us the, 
the strength to say no to a bunch of small, lesser things in order to, to get the big thing. God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.